the Tag Digital Squadcast. Hi there, and welcome to the fourth episode of the Squadcast, a podcast by Tag Digital that aims to keep you up to date with the latest developments in event PPC marketing. I'm Johnny, a member of the paid social team here at Tag. And I'm Jamie, part of the paid search team, and together we make up one of the many squads that work on the event PPC campaigns here at Tag Digital. This week, Johnny and I thought it'd be a good idea to highlight some of the key digital trends that have surfaced within the events industry as a result of COVID-19. We will also be offering some first-hand advice on how you can adapt or pivot your existing events marketing strategy in order to remain visible and relevant within the market, despite not actually being able to promote any physical events for the foreseeable future. So definitely lots to cover today for sure. You keen to get started? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Let's get stuck in. thought to kick things off this week, it'd be a good idea to perhaps discuss a few of our key industry observations that we've gathered since coronavirus has hit. How does that sound? Yeah, that's a great shout. Um, there's definitely so much to talk about surrounding this topic that's kind of away from the uh, the actual news side of things and the, the virus sound of things uh, and more towards the event PPC side of things where I suppose we've not really seen um, too much content on that. So I think... Key observations is probably a good place to start, um, and then we can take it from there. The Tag Digital Squadcast. So I would say that my first observation would be that we originally saw a dip in the number of live events taking place, um, particularly at the start of the coronavirus period, with many being postponed to a later date or cancelled altogether. Now, we're actually starting to see a vast increase in the number of virtual events and webinars taking place, which is really, really cool, actually. I know that we'll touch on this quite a bit later in the podcast because we've both had quite a bit of success with running virtual event campaigns for clients in the past couple of weeks. Another thing that I've noticed is that the costs of advertising across paid social have really dipped. So we can gauge the cost of advertising by looking at the cost per thousand impressions, which is also called the CPM. In February, before the effects of COVID were really being seen, the average CPM of campaigns that we run at TAG was £3.49 on Facebook and £28.38 on LinkedIn. Now, if we compare this to April, our Facebook CPM was 57% lower at £1.51, and then our LinkedIn CPM was 31% lower at £19.38. So if we look at that, our Facebook CPM was certainly the the lowest that I've ever seen um, as like the, the CPM as a whole uh, since I started in the industry. And LinkedIn was similar. It's always been increasing in cost um, ever since I started. To, so to see it drop by nearly a third um, was quite something. So... Jamie, have you seen any kind of similar trend across Google? Yeah, I have indeed. I think obviously when the virus hit, a lot of businesses went into panic stations really and pulled their ad spend completely, particularly within the event sector, which we obviously operate in predominantly. Because of this, the ad auctions themselves are a lot less competitive and therefore click costs are much lower. 
I do think, though, that once everything goes back to normal, we should expect a much higher level of competition within the auction than before, along with higher CPCs, so your cost per click, and CPAs, cost per acquisition. Yeah, I'm really interested to see what's going to happen with the ad auctions across all platforms when things start to pick back up again. Um, so I think that's just something we, we really need to wait and see. So what are some of your COVID observations there? I would say one of the main things that I've noticed is that display activity across Google has been converting really well. Now, traditionally, Google Display as a channel would primarily be used for awareness-based activities. So, for example, to build new data for your website. The reason that it's used this way is because historically it doesn't convert well as an ad format, but it's highly visual and engaging and has the potential to reach a very wide audience. However, since COVID hit, like I said, I've noticed a significant uplift in the number of conversions coming from our display activities, which is great for two reasons. So reason one, as I just mentioned, display is most often used for building new data, meaning that the conversions coming from this source can probably be considered as completely new customers or attendees for your event. And number two, the average click cost on the display network is significantly cheaper than on the search network, meaning that we're able to achieve a higher volume of conversions at a much lower price on average. The second observation that I wanted to mention actually leads us really nicely onto what I thought would be good to cover next in the episode, and that's to do with the fact that as digital marketers, we're constantly measuring data trends on a regular basis in order to better understand how users behave online. Now, some trends change all the time. However, there are usually a few constant ones that we can rely on when it comes to managing PPC campaigns. So, for example, it would be quite safe to assume that within the events industry, we expect to receive the majority of our ad clicks on Google during the week, with a slight dip at the weekend when users are more likely spending their time on more recreational activities. But from measuring the data from pre and post COVID, we've actually noticed that clicks at the weekend are now just as high as during the week, most likely due to the increase in the number of people working from home, which has blurred the lines of the traditional working week. I found this really interesting as it's kind of forced us to rethink our strategy and plan our ad spend slightly differently than we would normally. So that really leads me on to what I thought would be fun to discuss next, and that is any weird and wonderful data trends that we have noticed within the digital marketing landscape since coronavirus has hit, both from a generic point of view and more event-specific. Yeah, that's an ace idea. Um, so, okay, here's one that's not too surprising and is also not weird and wonderful. Um, so as coronavirus dominated the searches on Google, we took a look at trends from Google search activity related to COVID-19. Now, apart from people searching for news around COVID, we can see a peak in all symptoms-related searches, such as fever, sore throat, shortness of breath, and loss of smell. Away from the virus-related searches, we can see that as user behaviour changed due to the lockdown, some of the more common searches from pre-COVID-19 decreased massively. So searches like movie times, bars near me, Ticketmaster, gyms near me, and nail salon, they all decreased significantly. If we look at the US searches alone, music festivals, flights, package holidays, conventions, and wedding insurance, they all dropped down by more than 800% since March. So that is a crazy drop-off in the um, search volumes there. As user behaviour changed and we saw drop-offs with some of the more common searches, like the ones that I've just um, kind of listed off, some not-so-common searches have gone 
crazy. They've gone bananas. So flower, home workout, yoga online, and board games related searches, they've all increased significantly in the last month. Now, I hate jigsaws and I might hate home workouts even more than I hate jigsaws, but I'm guilty of searching for all of these over the last month. A few more quick ones for you. Local farm delivery increased by 4,300% and baking recipes, makeup tutorial and hair tutorial are all up by more than 500%. So again, massive increases in some search volumes there. We can clearly see a shift in users' behaviour over the last few months. Yeah, I think I'm definitely guilty of making about 90% of those searches myself since this whole thing started. So it's really interesting to hear that the data actually matches up. Safe to say that I've not yet mastered the yoga, but I do now know how to make some pretty incredible cookies. <laughs> I definitely need to get on the baking bandwagon. I think I can probably replace the eat everything in the cupboards bandwagon um, that I'm currently enjoying so much of. So I guess that covers the data trends that we've noticed across the digital platforms in general. But have you noticed any interesting trends that are more event specific? Well, as you kind of touched upon at the start of the podcast, the search volume for things like virtual events and video conferencing significantly increased in March, which suggests to me that the events industry is trying to find a new way to work and perhaps even run events. Looking at the data a bit further, we can see if we compare the term virtual events with live events, we can see a gradual increase in the search volume for virtual event and a significant decrease in the volume for live events which again would suggest that the demand is definitely there for a virtual event service or platform. A similar trend can also be seen when you compare webinars to seminars. There are now a lot more users interested in webinars since COVID hit. Lastly, when we compared the search volume of a well-known exhibition that happens at the end of May every year in the USA, the search volume in March 2020 was a lot higher than it actually was in 2019. The event itself was actually postponed in early March, however the search volume still remains solid and they're still going solid at the moment, so it's clear that even though the physical event itself is cancelled, there's still a clear high level of user intent for the events online. Yeah, I think that's really interesting and I know that it's something that we've been advising a lot of our clients on already, with many of them switching activity back on in order to solidify their brand presence within the search results. Um, or some even pivoting their whole strategy altogether and switching to a virtual event. Yeah, that's right. Again, you touched upon this briefly at the start of the podcast, but we've actually been helping quite a few of our clients to promote their virtual events. And we've achieved some really solid results so far. So that's now a major trend that we're seeing in the event space is that when physical events are being cancelled, organisers are actually pivoting to virtual events. Yeah, definitely. It's been really common to see this. And we've already seen some of our clients transition towards virtual events and the ones that have already taken place sound like they've been really, really successful. So that's great news for the industry. Now, pivoting to virtual events obviously comes with some stresses. So I thought I'd run through a few tips that we've been giving our clients going through this process at the moment. So the first of these is to not panic if you don't have the time or if you don't think that you have the time. You will need a much shorter time to market your virtual event than you would do normally. So for a physical event, we would recommend at least a 12-week campaign to build attendees. 
Whereas for virtual, we'd recommend much shorter. So we'd only suggest probably four weeks for a campaign. A side effect of events being cancelled has been a cut to marketing budgets, and that's worried some people. Now, because the marketing campaign for a virtual event is going to be shorter and you're going to be using fewer marketing channels, you will typically need less budget. So you can take this into account when you're planning your marketing and you see that a marketing budget has been cut. Don't panic. Um, you will need less budget to market a virtual event. That said, try and keep an element of flexibility to your budget. As with a virtual event, there's massive capacity to scale things up if it's going well. So you're not confined or restricted by the size of an exhibition hall. Um, the possibilities are endless with how big you can grow the virtual event. It's also important to remember that your marketing campaign is going to be 100% digital. So it's highly unlikely that you're going to be spending on outdoor, print, um, TV, radio, direct mail, that kind of thing. So you can save cost here and then put that into content for the virtual event or just to promote organically, um, paid strategies, and then organic strategies as a whole. Now, remember to maximize your existing channels when marketing your virtual event. So your channel mix is going to be roughly the same from a digital perspective for live events as it would be for a virtual event. So focus on search, social, display and video using a combination of organic and then paid as well. Another top tip is to try and think globally, to think global. If you've always wanted to attract more international visitors, then now is your chance. Um, there's no limit on geolocation and the only barriers here could be language barriers, but that language aspect of things can be controlled by refining things like targeting criteria. So I think this is really a great opportunity to start targeting more countries and then more and more time zones as well. Now, obviously, there is a lot of content out there just now, but remember that the cream does rise to the top. Good quality content will be one of the pillars of success for your event. So showcase speakers, themes, topics, sponsors, and USPs as well that you can offer your audience. Now, I think that's just about everything that I can remember on the subject of kind of pivoting or transitioning to virtual events. Jamie, I don't know if you've got anything to add here. Yeah, you've mentioned lots of great tips already, but there's a few more I can think of that we have gathered from our conversations with event organizers. My first tip really is to remember that you can scale quickly. Paid virtual event campaigns are, as a benchmark, doubling pre-registration numbers, reducing cost per registration by half and increasing attendees by 20%. What this means really is that you're getting more bang for your buck and you can easily scale up the campaign if it's working well. As with any marketing campaign, you should plan a virtual events campaign with your audience at the core and deliver content, ads and messaging using the channels that they're going to engage with the most. As usual, we would like to cover the full funnel and use the innovations available to us, such as responsive ads or smart bidding. And finally, remember that attendance is everything, so we need to remarket and send reminders to your audience through emails and advertising to get them to actually attend, just as you would normally. But be sure you include a calendar invite and send a reminder an hour before the event actually starts.
the Tag Digital Squadcast. So I think that brings us nicely to the end of this week's instalment of the Squadcast. Hopefully you found our discussion on the current coronavirus pandemic useful and that you now have some clearer guidance on how you can start to look forward and plan for the future when it comes to getting your events back up and running. If you're looking for more events, PPZ insight and updates, be sure to check out last week's episode and make sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss out on next week's. So what do you fancy discussing next week? Yeah, so I've been having a think about this and I think it's a good time to kind of cover the various benchmarks that we tend to see across different campaign objectives. And then also how we use our in-house benchmarking tool when it comes to planning and projecting a target CPA for a campaign. I think that's a great shout. It's definitely something that our clients ask us about all the time. They're always curious as to how we actually project target CPA for a campaign. So it'd be great to clear that one up for them. So remember, if you have any questions about anything that Johnny or I have discussed, then feel free to drop us an email on either jamie at tagdigital.co.uk or johnny at tagdigital.co.uk or alternatively, just get in touch with us via our website at tagdigital.co.uk. Thanks again for listening. See you next week.